Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello, everyone. This is Scott Reichel, and this is the Betting Bay Area Podcast and Believe Podcast. Now we're the Bay Area's number one sports podcast. Now we're the only place to show up for a team in the Bay Area and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're also available in perfect directory, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcast on Twitter. And you can find me personally at Reichel Radio on Twitter. On this week's show, we're going to be diving into Week 7 of the NFL season while breaking down the San Francisco 49ers matchup against the New England Patriots from betting perspective. Before we do all that, we're going to have a quick word from our sponsor. The wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be able to be at the game this year, but you can still have a lot of action at Bet Online. I know personally I'm going to be a bit upset that I can't visit any of the actual stadiums in itself for the next couple of months because of COVID, but I will be looking forward to watching games. There's nothing more exciting than watching games while you have money on and hopefully uh, you can make some money here at Bet Online based on the game spreads, team totals, player props, and even coaching props. Bet Online is everything, and they have a ton of options alongside an online casino, so action never stops. So once again, head to BetOnline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's BetOnline.ag and sign up today. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Welcome back, everyone, to the Betting Barrier Podcast and Believe Podcast Network. So before we went on break, we were going to talk about the upcoming Week 7 matchup for the 49ers and Patriots. So without further ado, we're going to dive right in by recapping what happened last week with the 49ers. Unfortunately, uh, I ended up getting both things wrong on that Sunday night game against the Rams. On the bright side, the 49ers ended up winning very handily as they ended up winning by 8 points. Uh, really dominated from start to finish. Rams offense couldn't get anything going. San Francisco's defense looked great. And they got a much-needed win. They're still in last place in the NFC West, but at three and three, definitely keep their hopes of an extra wild card spot alive, and even potentially moving into second place with a solid performance this weekend, alongside some losses uh, by other teams in the division. Meanwhile, you have New England, and they ended up suffering a terrible loss at home against the Broncos last week. Uh, they are currently in possession of a losing record for the first time in roughly 18, 19 years. So Belichick is in a bit of unfamiliar territory. And they are currently um, half a game behind Miami for a tie for second place in the AFC East. We're going to start with the 49ers recapping what happened last week. So I already talked about the fact that they ended up winning the game against one of their biggest rivals. And going through the actual game itself, the star was by far quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo, who responded extremely well to the benching that he had against the Dolphins the week prior. Uh, After getting benched following a terrible first half against Miami, he was great as he ended up completing 23 of 33 pass attempts for 268 passing yards with three passing touchdowns and zero interceptions. Another huge boost was by the offensive line as they ended up allowing zero sacks. Garoppolo had a QB rating of 90.4, so he was dialed in from start to finish, which was a huge reason why the 49ers were able to move the chains on some pretty important third downs late in the game, etc. But nice job by Garoppolo, and he'll be looking for another solid performance against his former team, in the Patriots on Sunday. Now, looking at the ground game, unfortunately, the uh, the 49ers did not really do much. Uh, Mostert struggled. He only had 17 carries for 63 uh, 65 yards, but he ended up getting injured uh, late in that game. He's not going to be available for this one, probably headed on IR, 
So look for McKinnon to get more touches moving forward. The surprising uh, addition in the ground game was Jamichael Hasty, who was a newcomer, but he performed extremely well as he had nine carries for 37 yards. Came out of nowhere, definitely ran well. I don't know what his role will be moving forward, but there is a chance he could get at least a handful, a couple of touches moving forward. So keep that in mind. McKinnon had six carries for 18 yards, didn't really do anything. Debo Samuel had one uh, reverse jet sweep type of play for negative six yards, but the ground game only had 122 yards, averaging 3.3 yards per carry, which definitely needs to be better in the future. Now, looking at the receiving core, George Kittle led the way, uh, which is kind of to the surprise of nobody because he is the best tight end in the entire league. Uh, seven receptions for 109 receiving yards with one touchdown. He also had that fourth down conversion, which led to a, a large, a long touchdown, 44 yards to be exact. So he was great. Rams couldn't cover him all day. And now New England's going to have the tough task of trying to figure out what to do with him on Sunday. Debo Samuel was very solid as he ended up having six receptions for 66 yards and one touchdown. So he definitely showed signs of life after being pretty much non-existent against Miami in his season debut. Other than that, though, you had Brandon Ayuk, who had two receptions for 12 yards and a receiving touchdown. So his role has been a bit diminished ever since Debo Samuel returned, but he was able to make an impact on the red zone, and he was able to find the end zone, which is very important. Other than that, though, not really much else to talk about. Bourne had two catches for 44 yards. Nobody else really did anything. Mostert had two receptions. McKinnon had two receptions. Uh, pretty much it. So you had a decent amount of contributors in the backfield. Uh, not for yards, but for receptions, and that will most likely be the case moving forward as New England with Stephon Gilmore will be looking to shut down some of the 49ers' weapons on the outside. So you might have, you might end up seeing Garoppolo doing a few more checkdowns than what he might want to. Now looking at the defense for the 49ers last week, they were pretty solid as they ended up forcing Goff into completing just half of his passes and also forcing one interception. Goff had a QBR of 35.7, struggled a lot. The one issue for the 49ers, though, was on the ground game as they ended up allowing the Rams to rush for 5.9 yards per carry. Although they only ran the ball 19 times, that was mostly because of game flow, as the Rams trailed by 20 points at the half. Or, I'm sorry, they ended up trailing by uh, 15 points at the half. My bad. Uh, but either way, the Fortners opened up a big lead. The Rams tried to come back late, but they pretty much abandoned the ground game entirely. So the 49ers run defense was pretty underwhelming, but it was also because of game flow, so it didn't really matter. For the receiving core for the Rams, uh, the Fortners did a really good job as the leading receiver uh, for the Rams was a tight end with Higby at 56 yards. Other than that, though, Cooper Cup did absolutely nothing. Three receptions for 11 yards. They did a great job stopping him. Even Robert Woods, he had a touchdown, but he did have four receptions for 29 yards. Didn't really do much either. So the receiving core for the Rams got shut down, which is a good sign for the 49ers. They'll be looking to shut down New England's very underwhelming receiving core on Sunday. But the 49ers also had no sacks, which was pretty fascinating. Both teams had... Uh, done pretty well in terms of sacks going into this game, the Rams especially with Aaron Donald, etc. And both offenses set up pretty solid game plans to take away the pass rush, which was the case, but the 49ers executed a little bit better, and they still won some of the battles up front a little bit better. So for that reason, they ended up winning the game. But looking at the turnover differential, that was kind of the main reason why uh, the 49ers were able to win this game, besides getting off to a hot start. Because of the fact that the 49ers ended up suffering zero turnovers, they won the turnover battle one nothing which was pretty much all you needed when it was, at the end of the game, a one-possession game. So for that reason, 49ers will be looking for another solid performance here, but they will be traveling to the East Coast to take on the Patriots, who now we're going to switch gears talking about New England, who have been struggling a little bit more than anticipated. People thought they were going to be really good this season after that thrilling performance against the Seahawks that they ended up losing, 
but they still look great in the process, scoring 30 points, losing on a goal on stand against the Seahawks, but I thought they would be really good. Uh, they ended up beating the, the Raiders very easily after that by 16 points. Then after that, you had Cam Newton dealing with COVID. They ended up losing to the Chiefs. Understandable. Defense played very well. You had Hoyer and Stidham, who were awful, and the Chiefs won that game by 16. And then you had last week's game following a bye. You had Gilmore and Newton, who were dealing with COVID. They were back in the lineup, and they were awful. Uh, not them particularly, but uh, the actual team as a whole. The defense was okay. Uh, bend but don't break. They ended up giving up six field goals, no touchdowns. Ended up giving up 18 points. Had two interceptions against Drew Locke, or they forced two interceptions, I should say. Locke ended up completing 10 of 24 passes for 189 passing yards and two interceptions, no touchdowns. So they ended up forcing some turnovers. They gave up a couple of big plays, some back-breaking third-down conversions. But as a whole, New England's defense played pretty well. And as for the offense, Cam Newton was atrocious. Uh, he ended up going 17 for 25 no, for 157 passing yards with zero touchdowns and two interceptions. He also got sacked four times, so he really didn't do much in the pass game, and he got no protection at all. However, he was very effective in the ground game, as he had 10 carries, 476 yards, and one rushing touchdown, with his longest rush being for 38 yards. The running backs for New England did absolutely nothing, which was partly because of game flow, but at the end of the day, uh, Damian Harris had six carries, Burkhead had five carries, White had four carries. Really, nobody got anything going on the ground, especially based on volume, and all three running backs combined for less than 50 yards rushing, which so was a very underwhelming performance by the round game for New England. They were going to get back on track here against the 49ers, and their underrated defensive front, which struggled against the Rams ground game last week. Look at the receiving core. You had James White leading the way out of the backfield, eight receptions for 65 yards. You had uh, Bird, who had 38 yards. Izzo, the tight end, with 38. Even Cam Newton at 16 receiving yards, etc. Julian Edelman did absolutely nothing. He had two receptions for eight yards. You have to wonder how healthy he is because he's been dealing with a knee injury for the last couple of weeks, and he clearly is not 100%, so that is definitely worth keeping in mind. But for the Patriots, the main issue that you have with this team is the fact that offensively, they have no playmakers at all. You have Cam Newton, of course, who is the red zone uh, running threat with his just quarterback power and how it's almost unstoppable. Other than that, though, in the receiving core, their main weapon is Julian Edelman. Nikhil Harry's been a disaster since they drafted him. Uh, he had zero receptions for zero yards last week. Uh, Bird's been okay, not great. James White's a good pass catcher, but it's mostly underneath for dump-off passes, and Edelman's just been doing nothing. So New England has really no weapons at all on offense, which is very concerning. Defense has been very good, but at the end of the day, they need some help from the offense because the defense has been on the field a lot uh, because of the Patriots' inability to actually move the chains. Looking at the time possession from last week's game, the Patriots ended up having 27 and a half minutes of uh, for the time possession, where the Broncos had over 32 minutes of possession. So the Broncos won the time possession battle, which makes a lot of sense. Plus, the Patriots turned the ball over three times, which is inexcusable, and they will need to work on that moving forward. Now, for the sake of this actual matchup, the Patriots are currently two-point favorites at time recording, and the over-under is currently at 44 so just to break down my thoughts on this matchup, I understand why New England is favored, especially in Foxborough and quote-unquote must-win territory, because they cannot afford to go into uh, their Week Eight with a four and two with a two and four record, especially in the an AFC that's looking to be pretty competitive for those wild card spots. But looking at San Francisco, they've been very inconsistent all year long. 
However, they were really good last week, and you have to wonder if they will be able to duplicate that now that they have to travel from the West Coast to the East Coast. The Patriots are in a very similar situation that the 49ers were in last week, where the Patri- where the 49ers were in a situation where if they lost against the Rams, their season would be potentially in shambles because they would be two games behind third place in the division. Uh, so that would be a serious problem, uh, but they ended up responding well to the adversity. They're undefeated on the road uh, for this matchup, which could help out. But New England, always tough in Foxborough. You know that that performance against the Broncos is something that Belichick has been teaching from uh, because New England cannot afford to end up going 2-4. and four. I think it makes sense for New England to be favored. However, for me personally, I will be leaning to the 49ers in this spot here at plus 2. I think they're probably going to win the game. New England, the issue I just have is the offense. They just have no weapons at all. Uh, Edelman is good as a slot receiver for the most part, but you kind of need somebody to take the top off the defense to help him uh, with the underneath stuff. They don't have that. Harry's been a disaster. Bird's been okay, not great, but they really need a deep threat, and they don't have one, and that's a serious problem. They also don't have a security blanket at the tight end position that they've had in recent years, whether it was Gronk or uh, even... Uh, Bennett, who they had for a couple years. They just don't have any weapons at all, and I think that's a serious problem with New England. In order for them to actually score on drives, they need to either break a huge run, or they need to go 15 plays, 70-something yards with a bunch of conversions. It's just a massive struggle for this team to actually score points on a regular basis. And the 49ers, even though Garoppolo had that awful start against Miami, he has been very good as a whole this season. Seven touchdowns, two picks. He's been good. The ground game might take a little bit of a hit with Mostert being out, but McKinnon's been pretty good, and you also have to wonder if Jeff Wilson will be able to play in this one. But I do think that the 49ers should be able to rely more on the ground game. I think Garoppolo will be pretty motivated to face off against his former team that traded him, and I think that they will put together a solid performance. Kittle, I do think, will be a bit neutralized because I think New England will come up with a game plan to try to take Kittle out of the game. But I do think that the 49ers have enough weapons in order to score a little bit more easily against New England in this matchup. I think this game will be very low scoring, but I do think that the 49ers should have a pretty solid uh, game plan for this matchup where they should be able to score enough in order to win. So for my prediction on this actual score, I think it'll be very low scoring. I think the 49ers win by the score of 20-17. to 17. I think this game will be very ugly. I think that if you have a lot of choices between games to watch, uh, you should probably be watching the Seattle-Arizona game because that game should have a lot of points. Uh, but if you enjoy defense and enjoy a very physical brand of football. I think this is definitely the game for you. And the 49ers should be able to put together a nice performance, and I think they should be able to win this game in a very low-scoring fashion. But I personally like the 49ers minus two, uh, plus two in the spot, 49ers plus two. And I also like the under 44, because I do think that points will come at a premium. And I think that New England's defense is good enough to limit the 49ers into some long uh, drives, which could end in field goals, which, of course, are overbetters and nightmares. But at the end of the day... I think that both teams will be very well prepared. I think Shanahan and Belichick are two of the best in the league. And I think you should see a very close game throughout, which is why we'll be taking the points. So once again, I like the 49ers plus the two, and I also like the under 44. That's in this installment of the Ben Barrett Podcast here on the Believe Podcast Network. Good luck to all of you and your respective best today. Bye, everyone. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.